longer you put it off, the longer you sort of shortchange your business to better understand where your customers are, who your customers are, and then how to get at them. Location is absolutely critical for that. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Krista Crum, Esri Analyst Relations Lead, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Sheila Stephenson, CEO of data solutions provider One Spatial Inc., talk about the growing significance of using location data. Today, many businesses rely on location technology and spatial analytics to strengthen decision-making and drive growth. Here, Esri Marketing Program's lead, Ed Loker, explore examples of large organizations discovering what it means to use data with purpose. So thank you, Sheila, for taking the time to speak with us today. Quick question right off the top here is give us a, an executive overview of what One Spatial does. What do you do and, and why is that important? Sure. We really focus in on one primary thing, which is data management. We help organizations ensure that their data is really of the highest quality and, and it, it is complete. And what that does is enable them to use their data to support decision-making and be more assured of those decisions because they know that the data is quality and that they can rely upon it. And so we do things like automated um, data change detection, integration, um, enhancement, and also completion. And it's all done through our rules engine, which automates that process so it makes it much more efficient, much more effective, and much more reliable, and thus they can save a lot of time and dollars. So you correlate the quality of decision-making with the quality of the data itself. Can you explain a little bit why you feel so strongly about that? Oh, absolutely, and especially having been around the geospatial world for so many years, you, you, you learn early on garbage in absolutely means garbage out. And, um, you know, so it definitely applies here. You know, if the data quality is poor or even if it's incomplete, how can you use it to make decisions on? How can you rely upon it? And if you rely upon incomplete or poor data, that's really costly because decisions can be made that are, are detrimental. They can be detrimental in, in oh, the way a business operates, or it can even mean life and death in certain instances. So we have numerous examples um, where this has really come into play. And one example that I think is really, really relevant is a, a large water utility um, over in the UK that we were doing some work with. And they, they really needed an accurate assessment of the linear measurement of all of their pipes because a government was going to give them a stipend for, for the quantity of pipes that they were having to deal with and they discovered quickly that they, their data was incomplete. They didn't have all the, the map data to be able to analyze, so they had to do a rough estimate on the quantity of the pipes. So we worked with them to actually create the missing assets, and then we were able to use that information to put it into the rules engine, automate the process of creating those assets, and then they utilized that, and they went out into the field to do spot checking, found out it was about 90% accurate, based on the way the rules engine developed the data. They provided that to the government and they increased their stipend greatly in order to um, take on the management of those assets. They had estimated it would take them 10 years to develop out the missing assets. Basically, it would have, and the cost was astronomical because they would have had to do the traditional method of going out there and surveying where are all these assets and then be able to input them into the system. Instead of that, it ended up basically being a total span of approximately, actually a little under two years. 
So utilities is a natural industry that would be heavily reliant on the data. What are some other industries that are really being early adopters when it comes to using data to make decisions? We're very industry agnostic, but we are finding a lot of uptake in areas of transportation. So DOTs that need to be able to better manage their their roads and they need to be able to understand the condition of their roads. And by the way, they also have to like look at state DOTs that have to file that information up to the federal government in order to get their funding throughout the year. And so it's very critical that they have accurate information that they can rely upon so that then they know also, first off, I get the funding from the federal government, and then where do I apply that um, to make sure I get the biggest bang for my buck? So smart city, you can't go two days in business without hearing about smart cities, regardless of what industry you're in. So how are you defining smart city either with the customers that you choose to work with or are you actually expanding the definition of smart cities for your customers? Right, and I think the way we look at it is smart really means how can we make the most of the data that we have and the new incoming data. And also, this is when you look at it, the data is coming into different entities or different areas of the smart community. And so if we can figure out how to get them all working together and much more collaborative, um, then you have the ability to share that information, use it more than once, and actually gain greater value and, again, improve your decision-making process. So that takes a lot of effort, right? Because that means these people, they have to to break the silos of we've been developing all these data individually and then when they come together they don't always match up just right. I mean we all seen those lovely pictures of the data in layers but they just don't always align correctly. So that our tools or our rules engine enables them to bring that data together, integrate it to establish that seamless database and then also we can do automated change detection so as the data is updated it can the process is automated to ingest that data and integrate it. And what's the real advantage? Well everybody gains because when you're looking at, let's say, a county, roads don't stop at the county line. Actually, this was a story that somebody shared with me recently where they said they had a bomb threat against a very critical bridge, which was transportation you know, for a lot of areas. So they were needing to figure out, okay, if that bridge is out, what's the alternate routes? How do we do this? And they didn't have all the data and because their data stopped at their county boundaries. So with spatial data infrastructure, we can then expand out and be able to understand the impacts and figure out the better solution based on the broader picture. And that not only hits into states, but then if you look at it in the broader picture of the national government. Is there such a thing as too much data? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question, and obviously, you think of the more data that comes in that the the better you can make decisions on but there's a couple of kind of technologies that I'm, I was thinking about that like BIM data so which is basically building information management data and you can get down to where you're tracking every little screw in the wall and do you really need that I mean that's a lot of overhead so I think as long as appropriate filters are applied to the instance so that you're just really gathering the data that you need then then there wouldn't be too much data but there could be a little bit of an overload and I think people have realized that with those kinds of technologies so I read you 
a phrase that, that you like to use is your data fit for purpose. Right. So can you explain what that means? Yeah, it's one of my favorite phases. Uh, I just sort of embraced it when I first started with One Spatial because the data has to meet the business needs of the organization. You know, there's a lot of cool data out there, right? But we want the data to really serve the purpose that it was intended for. And so our approach is to validate the data against its requirements. These are the business rules that will make the data work for us. And basically, we have numerous examples of how this really does help organizations make sure that they're going to get the correct answers. Um, we work, as I've, I think I've mentioned, that we do a lot of working with DOTs and um, ensuring that their data will meet requirements for things like highway performance monitoring data that they have to deliver to the federal government. And we also deal with helping emergency responders and make sure that the addresses are in the proper location and so that they're covered by an emergency boundary. And we also also work with clients um, on the utility space, and we've mentioned a little bit about that, but again, the completeness of their network and the connectivity of their network and the understanding of their network is absolutely critical to everything they do. So for example, when we went in to present to Google for the first time, and we were preparing to begin the presentation, the key person that we needed to get it basically said to us, I am not easily impressed. No pressure. We moved forward through the presentation and basically showed what we could do to help improve the quality of their data, to validate the data first off and just find where there are issues and anomalies with it. When we finished the presentation, she said, I'm really impressed. And I think the, the keys for her were she didn't know what she didn't know and we were able to show her how she could get the complete picture of her data and whether it was going to meet their needs or not. That spawned our relationship, which is still continuing to grow today. Usually from that demonstration, the light bulb just goes off. Oh, gee, this could really help me solve the problems that I'm battling with trying to meet the, you know, meet my goals to get the data to, and make the, the decisions that we need or deliver it to the, the government entity that I must deliver it to. That's what it means, making the data fit for purpose. It's going to work for what they need to use it for. What do organizations get wrong about data? Uh, what they get wrong is that there's a lot of organizations that probably realize that their data may not be up to snuff may not really be giving them everything that it could if they could improve its accuracy. But the whole a task of thinking about it in the traditional manner of manually cleaning that data up is really daunting. And so they sort of just push it aside. And, um, and so then they're losing the real value of the data. And so I think to, to a degree, I feel like sometimes we're kind of this great relief. We've had customers come to us with, they had a deadline of you know so many months and they needed to get their data in shape by that time and they just didn't know how it was gonna be possible and they'd have to put all these extra staff on and they would have to try to figure out how are we going to accomplish this and meet the regulation that we have to. And when we can show them, well look, we can help you through the automation process, it's almost like this huge sigh of relief. So you have a large practice with national mapping agencies. Um, can you explain in, in some simple terms 
what the business value and benefits of mapping are for, for those agencies. Yeah, so with lots of new types of data coming in, I think, um, especially on the national level, a large mapping agency level, they, they've got the challenge of here they have this historical data that is so attribute rich and, and so important, but we now have a lot more spatially accurate data coming in through technologies like GPS, and there's a continuing drive of trying to bring in this more spatially accurate information along with maintaining that rich attributed data. And so a lot of our work with those agencies is helping them do that, helping them apply um, more spatial accuracy to their existing data, integrate new sources of data, and then also making sure that everything stays topologically aligned. They basically integrate all the data and then serve it out to the entire country. And so you can imagine how many organizations are depending upon that information to be able to just basically manage and run their areas of the government. And so it's absolutely critical that they get that data in, they have it fully integrated, and that it is kept up to date so that their emergency services organizations or their environmental organizations or whoever else can have access to it and utilize it to accomplish their business. It's all very much focused on that process to um, continually update and improve the accuracy and quality of their data and also to integrate the updated changes that come in from the myriad of sources that they receive it from. There's a, an interesting story with uh, that we did some work with NASA on a little bit of a prototype where we take that CAD day and they said, we think it might be valuable if we could integrate it with GIS data. And so we played around with some rules to actually do that and tie the data together. And there was a little bit of an aha moment where they said, ah, this could be incredibly valuable for us because it could streamline that process between the two. The CAD data was all the information about what exists within their electrical manholes. And it includes the number of times the electrical lines wrapped around what they connected up to. So that existed in one database. And then they have the geometric network in another database, in the GIS database. The ability to bring that CAD data into the geometric network would allow them to do all kinds of analytics and to understand if they're sending somebody out to, maybe there's a problem with the electrical network, First off, by having all that information within the geometric network, they can better pinpoint where the problem might be, but then they could also send the people out with the appropriate amount of cabling that they might need to replace because they understand what is within that manhole better than having to go and look at this drawing and then try to understand where it fits over here. It's all there in one, and they're able to much more rapidly be able to go rectify the problem, which would be usually like um, putting people back with electricity or restoring electricity is a better way to put that. Can you tell us about the Census Bureau and what you did for them and how it will affect the census that's coming up right around the corner? So basically the processes we implemented at Census are focused on the Tiger data which is the street center line and address points for the, the U.S. and we've worked with them to implement an automated process whereby they receive updates for that, that database from some 3,200 plus entities across the U.S. The data comes in. We help with schema mapping of the data. 
validating the data, and then it does automated change detection determine what's new, what's been updated, and then just to work with the data that's been updated and then to be able to take it and look at the existing tiger. Here's the changes. What kind of changes are they? And are we certain, do we have a level of certainty that this change should just automatically be ingested? And we've been able to help them and greatly improve the expediency with which they in, ingest this information because of automating the processes and not having to go through the continual manual process through the whole thing. So in making sure that the census data is accurate, the census data feeds so much more than what people realize. I mean, there are decisions about where to put government support based on the demographics that come out of the census. There are businesses that depend upon the census data to figure out where do they spread out. Having that information be accurate, it absolutely serves back to the other government entities that feed into the, the data, but then it also serves every citizen by ensuring that the organizations that utilize that data can then apply services to the right locations. They basically looked at the work that we did along with some other changes that they made based on the improvements to this process and then that they were able to do more of the assessments from the computer rather than having to send so many people out in the field that they have greatly reduced the cost of the coming 2020 census. And so that's really exciting. So what would you say to those commercial entities right now that are trying to become more location savvy? What would be a piece of advice that you would give them? The longer you put it off, the longer you sort of sh shortchange your business. Location is absolutely critical to better understand where your customers are, who your customers are, and then how to get at them to better understand how well am I managing, let's say in some of the cases of like large organizations, like we've done some work with Google on, on their real estate worldwide services, and to better understand where are my people assigned? Do I Have I assigned them to appropriate places? Um, do I have people assigned and do I really have empty spaces that I'm not aware of because I've, I'm holding on to employees that are no longer here and they're still considered assigned to spaces? So to be able to move more agilely because that's the way business runs today, that's why they need the location data to enable that. What drives you personally? Well, I mentioned I've been working in geospatial field for about 30 plus years, and I continue to be driven by its advancements. And really, what's always driven me from the get-go is how do we help people do their job better? And that's what GIS does, and that's what having more accurate data to feed the GIS processes really does. And I used to play a game that, you know, just give me an industry or give me a, 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 a particular job, and I bet you I can figure out a way that GIS could enhance that. Um, but now I look at it from the standpoint of accurate data, feeding that GIS, actually making people make better decisions and do their job more efficiently and effectively technologies are so rapidly improving and continually creating ways that we can enable easier and more accurate and more expedient data collection so we can solve these problems faster and faster 
And that just really excites me. I mean, it's, it's the ability to work with all these new sources of information, to be able to integrate them, to be able to use them to improve what I'm working with to do my job better. That is what is really fun and exciting to me. And I just look forward to what the next six months, the next year. So thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate you having this conversation with us. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast, and thanks to Sheila Stephenson for detailing the value of leveraging location intelligence in the first step of digital transformation. To learn more, download our free ebooks, Making Sense of Digital Transformation, at esri.com forward slash wear, and Making the Most of the Internet of Things at esri.com forward slash IoT.